Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Now tuned in to the Roto Experts. Good Tuesday, everybody. It's the Roto Experts. Jake Seeley, Scott Angle, and Chris Meany. Got a lot to catch up on. We're off for a day. I was off from Friday because I was traveling, and I heard that uh, Chris and Scott did an admirable job. Your driver's seat, I heard, Chris. Yeah, Scott and I were having some fun. Uh, we talked a little Jeremy Hill. It was exciting. It was exciting. Maybe not as exciting as your day, uh, Jake, heading to New York, but we managed, didn't we, Scott? Yes, we did. And uh, I'm always in New York, so I'm always excited. And uh, <laughs> I finally got to see Black Panther this weekend. Yeah. Ooh. I, I also think that was the first time everybody said Jeremy Hill and excited in the same sentence. So <laughs> Yeah, right? Yes. It's been what years. was what was your takeaway from it? That he's gonna go and score ten touchdowns running behind the Patriots offensive line and that offense? I think he's probably gonna be the new Tommy Vardell. You know, it's probably uh, ten touchdowns and about three. Can, can you reference something yards. for people yeah. who aren't fifty years old, Scott? I have no idea who that is. All right, you young uh, whippersnapper. It's like he, when uh when Barry Sanders used to score couldn't score touchdowns, he was the guy that vultured him. Okay. Thanks for calling me old. It means I'm more accomplished than the rest of yeah. you. So, <laughs> yeah. so Mike Tolbert, you could have said that. You could have done that for us. Yeah, right? I could have, but Tommy Mardell was more fun. Yeah, Tom, nobody knows who you're talking about. I mentioned select, it on Tony's show. He knew I was talking about. Yeah, Tony's older you. than you. <laughs> we joked. I'm not we that, joked I'm about not it that old. For, I'm like I 50 know. years old. That's not that old, you know. Uh, that's, that's exactly yeah. how old I called you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we joked about it Friday. We were talking about Hill and how the perfect landing spot for this guy would be the Patriots, and because we don't like the Patriots' backfield from a fantasy standpoint, anyways, we haven't for years. And Jeremy Hill's going to go there and steal a bunch of touchdowns. He's got four. He had forty six. He had twenty nine rushing touchdowns in his first forty six games with a brutal just yards per carry numbers. We get excited about Burkhead. Leo Lewis is gone. Burkhead, you know, he took a goal line uh, role last year. Well, Hill's going to probably take that role now. If Gillisley is even still around at this point, but that's that's more Jeremy Hill news that we need to talk about. I mean, we already did it once, and it definitely didn't need to rehash it again. Actually, I know what Scott and I did for the weekend. What did you do, Chris? Uh, I ju- I jumped on with I watched a lot of Madness. We'll put it that way. I was I was glued to basically every game, and I was filling in on Thursday and Friday for for Gabe and Cam who were in Vegas, and then on Sunday it was Tony and I. So we were we were talking a lot of football. We broke down a lot of all the signings basically took a look at your your article on rotoexperts.com so it was a lot of just a lot of sports and put it that way a lot of sports over the weekend yes scott i know you aren't a madness march madness person but i do have to ask the question because we were here and you don't have to chime in if you don't want because but you might have you might have something that goes back further than we do because you know 50 years old and all that type of stuff i'm just busting you scott uh chris yeah 
First time ever a 16 has beaten a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. I mean, this is old news now. Everybody covered it on Monday. But we were off Monday. We didn't get to talk about it, so we're going to talk about it, deal with it. It's 16 over one. I said it was the biggest upset in tournament history. I got pushback. People saying Villanova over Georgetown was the biggest upset in tournament history. I said, you can't be that mad about that. They got to the championship game. It wasn't like it was unexpected. Yes, Georgetown was heavily favored, but I likened it to the Giants beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Like, anything can happen in a given game when you show up and just everything works right for you. It was a championship game. It was a championship performance. The Giants were in the Super Bowl. Same thing. This has never happened in the history of sports. This is the biggest upset, in my, in my opinion, in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I agree, too. I mean, not only were they the number one seed in, in the South, they were just they were the number one seed overall in the tournament. They had a phenomenal defense. So, yeah, I mean, the Giants stand out. Even the Eagles beating the Patriots and their run with a couple upsets. But this is completely different. It's never happened before in, in the, all the years of the tournament. A, a 16 seed not only being about 20-point underdogs winning by 20 points. Like, they crushed Virginia. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, I agree that was an upset, Georgetown over Villanova, but that, this, is a, this is a little For bit Nova different. Yeah. Yeah, 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 this is a little bit different. Were you watching that, Scott, back then, or were you still not into March Madness back then either? Uh, I vaguely remember Villanova and Georgetown. You know, I remember yeah, so that you, one. Yeah. But, you know, I was watching this week, and we've got full coverage over on SportsGrid, but... You know, for everything I hear, it's been a long time, you know, and, uh, you know, I've been around a while. I think I remember when the New York Giants were good, too. Yeah. Hey, more, recent, more yeah. recently uh, than the Cowboys or the Redskins. Or... I'm not a fan of those, so. No. Yeah. We got more Super Bowl championships if we're going there. It's okay. So when you, you make the playoffs again, give me a buzz. <laughs> so, what, they, they go off from two one year? That's it's it. Been, what, it's year? been seven years now since they made the playoffs. That's a long drought. No, it's not. They made the playoffs two years ago. Did they win? No, I think they're they're. No, they have won a playoff yeah. game in seven years, right? And so yeah. that's the end of the it's that's the end of the team. It's been a while. Could be. All right. Yeah. Let me know how how long your stretch of missed playoffs feels for you now. How about it's that? It's not gonna not gonna be that long. Six of the last seven, I'll take it. Yeah, okay. And yeah. I'll take the, feeling, uh, the Super Bowl. I'm feeling race. pretty good up at the top here, though. Yeah. It's been a while. This, honestly, Chris is the Who's only Who's Chris's team? <laughs> the Eagles. I'm an Eagles guy. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, I forgot. It's like, Meany is such, such like, like everything that he is is just, uh, it's it's so contradictory. It's like, his name is Meany. He's the nicest guy. And the Eagles <laughs> fans are like the worst fans in sports, and he's the nicest guy. Man. It doesn't make any sense. Through this whole run with the Eagles, it's like, how could you be a, from everyone? How could you be a fan? How could you like that fan base? The fan base is brutal. They're awful. All, all, all your peers, your guys are all brutal. It's just like I just put my little hat on, my Eagles hoodie, my shelter, avoided all that nonsense. Didn't throw any stones at people and spit on people no. or throw beer at people outside the stadium. I just sat back and I enjoyed the ride, magical ride. Who knows if they even make the playoffs over the next year? I don't even care. No, that's the argument I've always said. You know that, Chris. We've talked about it during on Target. Is would you rather have a Super Bowl champion or your favorite team win a championship in your lifetime or know that they can never win one and they just make the playoffs all the time? I think That's what I said to a buddy. It's like, I don't care if we go 0-16 next year. He says lies. I'm like, obviously, 0-16 would suck. You get your, your laughs. It'd be pretty crazy to win a Super Bowl and then the following year go 0-16. It'd be nuts. But I don't care. <laughs> I could care. Because yeah, you got it. I don't care at all. Yeah, 
got it. I know how he feels, man. In 2014, when the Seahawks won it all, it like, you know, erased, you know, that hurt of Super Bowl 40. And, you know, I've seen him win. So, you know, they would, yeah. that, that was a historic win, too. It was the most dominant defensive performance in the history of the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's something I can always remember. Right off the get-go, hey, real Manning, quick. boom. Yeah, real quick, because we do have bad news to talk about. And it's fantasy yeah. baseball related. We're going to, real quick, before we do that, one follow-up question for you, Chris, because I don't see anybody asking this question. I think it's a very interesting question. Because UMBC won, do you think more people are going to start picking 16 seeds from now on in the tournament? Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good question. I mean, I think you could. I th- I th- I think you could for sure. I mean, it's not a stretch to to pick against twos. Like I had UNC losing in the second round. Right. Unfortunately, right. I had him to lose to Providence and not Texas A&M, but I think he will. And, you know, we talked about this on Friday with Tony Sincata, and we we had said, actually, Cardano asked us, would a 16 seed ever win? And this was before that, obviously, Virginia lost. We both said yes. Now, we didn't think it would happen in this tournament, but with the athletes getting better and the competition getting tighter, uh, absolutely. I do really do feel like that, you know, we could see it a couple times now. And now it's already happened, right? And now yeah. these 16 teams that come into the tournament – they feel, hey, why not us? I mean, it happened last year. Why not? Why can't we do it? So, absolutely, I wouldn't be shocked to see people. Yeah, you know, I think we're going to see that like pick in their brackets, and it happened. Huge happen. jump. Yeah, I think we're going to see like one percent, sixteen seeds picked, and now it's going to jump like five percent next year, and everybody's going to go crazy about it. But we do. There is some very, very bad news, fancy baseball related. But as we jump into that, to let you guys know, also to help you out on what to do because of this and anything else, if you're getting ready for your draft, go to rotoexperts.com right now. The exclusive Edge Fancy Baseball package is available. This year's version is new and improved with more analysis than ever, including an all-day chat channel, stats, projections, and an improved cheat sheet generator. Get rankings from the top-ranking analyst, myself, and tips from Tim McCullough, who is also a top-ranking analyst, and the insider, Scott Angle, Hall of Famer. Enter code FNTSY at checkout and get your Roto Experts exclusive Edge Fantasy Baseball package now. Promo code again was FNTSY. Or, Scott, now you can also put in All In Kid and get your 10% off as well. Can you see that? Or the King. Promo? Yes. Oh, you got yours too? Ooh. There you go. Yes. I got mine first. Get on it, people. Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Scott. That's what happens when you've been around for 50 years. <laughs> he was yeah, born I first, bet, Jake. I've, I, was, <laughs> I was around when the Bulls were still good. Yeah, so, so was I. Oh, At least yeah. I'm still a fan. I'm like half of them. I, I was too. You, you, you jumped on the bandwagon when they got well. Jordan. No, I did not. Nice yeah. try, though. Good try. So, fantasy well, baseball wise. I don't think you have anything to back that up, so. Uh, my He's a big Rod Harper guy. He's a big yeah, Harper guy. My entire life and growing up and watching it with my cousin. But, yeah, whatever. You just throw out. Any any Bulls fan outside accusations. of Chicago, it's like I have a suspect. Okay, you can suspect you want to. Hey, hey, I think you're suspect for being a Seahawks fan. There you go. You're from yeah, New York. Yeah, but New York doesn't have a football team, so I can root for anybody I want. Yeah. Okay, that's how it works. So you're right. I'm wrong. Continuing on. Fancy baseball. Thank you. I'm glad you realize it. Yeah, do whatever you want. Justin Turner. As I said, the bad news, broken wrist. Likely, if you're looking at earlier timetables, we have a missed six weeks. We have a missed nine weeks from other players, Freddie Freeman. Uh, The other one, I forget off the top of my head now. But in any case, we're looking at probably a six- to eight-week timeline, which puts him into the middle of May before he can return. Obviously, Justin Turner's a huge loss if you had him. It sounds like Forsyth will get most of the play at second base, but – is it that simple, Scott? Is it just Forsyth and that's, you know, he or third base, and he was going to get the time anyway? 
Or do they bring in Chris Taylor a little bit and maybe this opens up something in the outfield for less of a platoon? Or it's just this kind of like, yeah, you just you, there's nothing really here except the more timeshares, really. Yeah, the original report out of the LA Times was saying that they were going to use a combination of Enrique Hernandez, Chase Utley, and Austin Barnes because the manager still wanted to keep Chris Taylor in center field. I think it makes more sense, though, you know, give Jock Peterson some playing time there or. Uh, I don't know how else they can do it. Matt Kemp is having a, a heck of a spring there. And, you know, he's kind of forced his way into the picture as well. So I think that would make the most sense to us. But maybe defensively, uh, he wants to keep Taylor in center field. So this is going to be a touch-and-go situation. But like you said, six to eight weeks because, we, you know, that's pretty much the time range we saw for Freddie Freeman and George Springer over the last two years. Yeah, Will Myers, I think of him a couple of years ago as well. Uh, this is, it's a brutal injury, of course. I mean, Justin Turner, my initial thought was, you know, Forsyth's the third. Taylor could, they have a lot of options, obviously. Jake, you just, you know, you brought up a couple of them. They can rotate some guys around. I thought, you know, Taylor could potentially, you know, go back to playing some second. And Matt Kemp, to your point, Scott, Matt Kemp has played phenomenal in this spring. I mean, yeah, it's only spring, but this is what you want from an experienced guy who's battled some injuries and now he goes back to LA and you don't know if he has a playing opportunity there because it's a crowded outfield and now an injury happens and Matt Kemp, all of a sudden you're thinking about him leading the Dodgers in spring with 13 hits. He's got four homers. He was fine last year with the Braves. It's just, again, it's just some injuries. So, I mean, I think Kemp finds his way into the lineup. I don't know if it's every day, but it's a lot more than, you know, what we thought, I guess, a couple weeks ago. Well, see, and that's the thing. And I know, Scott, you make this argument a lot of times that we all think from the fantasy perspective instead of the real life and all that type of stuff. But at the same time, I mean, you have people, I always go back and reference this, somebody like Yonder Alonso, who took the fantasy and the analysis side of things from Eno Saris and adjusted his approach at the plate and his swing because of it and has been better. And sometimes I think what I'm saying here is I'm looking at this, and Chase Utley was a late signing, and I think he was backup depth. And I'm looking at it. I know they want the defense in center field, but at the same time, if you're looking at this and you want to win games and you want your best lineup out there, I mean, Logan Forsyth third, fine. But Chris Taylor at second and putting Utley back on the bench and getting Matt Kemp in the lineup with Jock Peterson, the way that they've both been playing, you brought up Kemp. Jock Peterson's been hitting pretty well this spring too. And I know he struggles against lefties, but at the same time, you mentioned they still have Kiki Hernandez. They still have Trace Thompson. They have Austin Barnes. All righties off the bench. It just doesn't seem – I just – from the outside looking in, whether it's fantasy or not, Scott, whether we were just, I mean, pure real-life Dodgers looking at him, it doesn't seem to me your best lineup involves Chase Utley. Yeah, and you haven't even mentioned Andrew Tolls, who they still like a lot. Who and, might be get uh, set down to the minors. Yeah, yeah, that's how much of a logjam it is. Yeah. Like Los Angeles and Milwaukee probably have the biggest outfield logjams there, but you're right. It, it does make sense. Like, Jock Peterson will never be what he thought he was going to be, but I, I think, you know, he's good enough starter there, you know, I'd rather have him start than saying, you know, the, the mishmash that they're doing at second base. Yeah, I, and yeah. I agree. And Chase Utley, like, let's, come on, guys, let's be serious. This guy is, right. is a fill-in guy. You can step in here and there, but well, let point, me turn Jake, it this their way best you, lineup does not have him in it. Jack Peterson is basically going at the end of drafts because of it, because of the log jam, as Scott said, and everything. Do you move him up a few rounds now and just say, hey, maybe – they, you know, they get annoyed with Chase Utley hitting 190 and move Chris Taylor back in, and all of a sudden he's getting full playing time? Yeah, I'd move Jock up. Jock goes up the ranks initially. Again, him and Kemp move up a little bit. Kemp's not even getting drafted in leagues, and, and neither is Jock. And in your, in your standard 12-man league, like, 
Jock hasn't gone at all. I, and I, I took him in, I think, round 18 of a league for some power and some upside. Absolutely. I mean, like, he is – he can still improve, right? He's still just, you know, almost 26 years old. We, we've seen enough of a sample size, and, you know, he strikes out, and the average is not there. But he has some power. He has some pop. It's a good lineup. You know, he gets into that six or that seven spot. Maybe he can move up at times uh, when they juggle some outfielders around. Yeah, I mean, Jock is somebody now that can help you out, especially if you've missed some power early on in your draft. Well, let me turn it another way, Scott, for you. In a deeper, like we're talking the labors, the task, 15 team, 29 rounds, you know, maybe even a little bit bigger than that. Do you now stash a Verdugo in the fact that maybe with like an injury, like one more pops up and all of a sudden like Tolls or Verdugo's getting the call? Because they like, the talent-wise, they like Verdugo more than they like Tolls, but he's even buried behind Tolls on top of it. Yeah, I I can't see doing it. If anything, you know, there's been a lot of whispers in Los Angeles about, you know, to actually like one former major league general manager said, don't be surprised if Tolls is a big, big deep sleeper this year. You know what? I you know what would be surprising and just makes way too much dang on sense. Trade one or two of them and go get Chris Archer. Just do it. Yeah. Milwaukee uh, surplus of outfielders. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, in Milwaukee, too. You're right, Scott. All right, we're hitting a break. We're coming back. There's some Sonic in the back. I like it. Jake Seeley, Scott Angle. Sega. Chris Minion. Exactly. Sega. We'll be right back. What if I were to tell you that there was a professional football league where you, the fan, got to draft the team and call the plays? Is that something you might be interested in? The Fan Control Football League is bringing managerial control to the fans. Visit fcfl.io to learn more. Welcome back to Roto Experts. Jake Steely, Scott Angle, Chris Meany. Just talked about the disappointment of an injured Justin Turner out six to eight weeks. That's the initial assumption from other injured and broken wrists. We don't have the official timetable yet, but that seems to make the most sense. Hopefully, you don't have them too many places, but we do have to talk about more miserable things, so let's bring up the Jets. Because the Jets, again, we were off yesterday, but we want to talk about it, so too bad. Suck, suck it. <laughs> you like that, Scott? You like it just wow. everybody it's that? like I you think Jake's like this straight arrow kind of guy and then he tells you to suck it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that's, it. That's how it goes. Yeah. No, in all seriousness. You really think Jake's such a square and then like, you know, he comes out with this kind of stuff. Yeah. But the Jets have traded up to the number three pick in the draft. They set the number six pick, they swapped first. But they also set two second rounders in this year's draft and a second rounder in next year's draft. Scott, yesterday on FST, Fantasy Sports Today, on our network over here with Corey, Greg, Matt, myself, I was the only person saying the Jets were insane. And I said, that makes everybody else on this panel insane because this makes no sense to me, beyond no sense to me. Because here's what the Jets are saying to me, Scott, by making this trade. They're saying we're smarter than everybody else. They're saying we know for a fact our top two quarterbacks on our draft board are definitively better than everybody else, and we are smarter because we are definitively 
right about that. And there's been a lot of people who have tweeted since, and the hit rate for everybody that wants to know out there, the hit rate on first-round quarterbacks, not quarterbacks in the draft in general, first-round quarterback hit rate is 33%. So about a third of the time, you get it right. Two-thirds of the time, your quarterback bombs and doesn't end up working out. So that's why I say the Jets are telling us they know more than everybody else. Not only did they do that, I brought up this point too, Scott, is they missed out on Kirk Cousins. That's who they wanted to go get. Kirk Cousins doesn't make the Jets a playoff team right now. This, whoever they draft, if they somehow become Kirk Cousins, are not going to make them a playoff team. They gave up two second rounders and a second rounder next year in a rebuilding organization that is not going to be a playoff contender this year to jump up to number three to take, quote-unquote, their guy. I think it's insane. What I think the Jets are telling us is that they're desperate for a quarterback. and it's, It is today in the state of the NFL uh, – well, you have about 15 to 16 good, really starting quarterbacks that you might be able to uh, somewhat count on. It's not surprising. You know, this is a quarterback-heavy draft at the top. And, you know, the Jets believe they have to take a crack at maybe solidifying their future here now, maybe getting their franchise guy, cause, because you could be looking at four of the top six picks being quarterbacks and you know we may not be done it's you know the Giants could trade that pick out you know to a team like the Buffalo Bills conceivably and you know you could see three or four quarterbacks going in the first four five six picks and the Jets want to be involved in that because you see uh, you give the percentages they're all accurate you know but the Jets want to take the chance you know that one of those guys is going to hit because they see that it's not out there on free agency. The only place to possibly go get a franchise quarterback if you're not getting him in free agency and they struck out is the draft. After striking out on Kirk Cousins, they do what they have to do. They have to take a gamble on their future at the most important position in the NFL. It's not I'm not saying your stats are not wrong, but the the you know two of those four quarterbacks could hit and be a franchise quarterback, and the Jets won a 50% shot at that. See, you but know, that's original- my counter-argument. Oh, go, go, ahead. go ahead, Chris. That's what I was going to say. Like, originally, I was feeling how you feel now, Jake. It's like, wow, crazy. Um, and they went up to the three spot. So, I like, do they feel equally about, like, Rose and Darnold? Is, is Mayfield in there? Like, Allen, do they feel like, okay, we'll just take – all right, we, we failed in plan A, Kirk Cousins. Plan B is one of the three. So I, I just thought that they could get – they should have gotten into that two spot. But at the end, I've kind of changed my tune a little bit thinking about it. I agree a little bit more with what Scott has said here is – Let's 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 look at this Jets team. They they haven't been able to figure this out at the quarterback position at all. Yeah, there's a risk that this will not work out. It's not always going to be like Goff and Wentz, and you're into the one and the two spot. This is the three spot. But you haven't you kept your first for next year. That's that's fine. And if you do get a franchise quarterback, then it's forgotten about. These picks are nothing. It doesn't matter. Who cares about them anymore? If you get a franchise quarterback and you guys figure this out because Hackenberg, none of it has worked and you missed out on Kirk Cousins, you're not attracting any free agents because you're so far away uh, to being competitive. Go ahead and get one of these guys. I just feel like in the three spot is what makes this all confusing. The, the Giants are clearly in the driver's seat at two. They're, they're a wild card team. What are they going to do? Are they going to draft a quarterback? Are they going to take Barkley? Like, how come they couldn't get into that spot? Now are the Bills going to ante up and move up even more because we've seen them move up over the past few days as well. So it, it's a little weird that they're comfortable with one of the three, and that's it. 
but I think it's fine, man. If I'm a Jets fan, I'm I'm actually a little bit happy. I'm happy about this. I'm fine yeah, with it. it. Go and get a franchise quarterback. Figure it out. Yeah, and to that point, you know, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm happy. Like, when was the last time you heard that? And it's so unusual to actually hear something like that. This is an organization and a fan base that is so starved for success. Since Joe Namath retired, their highest profile quarterback has been Tim Tebow. And then maybe their best quarterback has been Vinny Testaverde or Chad Pennington. You know, this team, they need to take a crack. I, I see the percentages you're talking about, Jake, but they have to. It's like they went well, to let plan me come B because, like, no, because, because plan A didn't work. They have to take the crack. They don't have a choice. No, my, but that's my point is the, everything you guys are saying is not wrong, but you didn't have to pay this to take your chance. At worst case, worst case scenario, where they were at number six, somebody trades up to the Giants and takes a quarterback, and you have the fourth option on the board. That's the worst-case scenario because the Browns take one, the Colts weren't taking one, the Browns weren't taking two, so two picks in front of you are definitely not going to be quarterbacks. So, again, worst-case scenario, Browns take one at one, somebody trades up to number two and takes a quarterback, and the Broncos take a quarterback, and now you're left with what's ever left of – Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and Josh Allen. That's yeah, worst but the case Colts, scenario. The Colts could have traded the pick to somebody else, though. Hold on, hold on, a second. Hold, hold on. I'm getting to that. Like that's, I'm saying that's like worst case scenario is three quarterbacks go in front of you. So my point is, you could have done this on draft day. Is if you see somebody trade up to the Giants at number two, you say, all right, now we can't risk somebody else jumping up to number three at the Colts. And to tell you the truth, for everything that's been out there. The price wasn't going to be higher than what they paid. A lot of people are saying the Giants will be lucky to get even what the Jets paid to go up to number three, despite their being at number two, because that's an insane price. The second point I'm going to make is to go back to the Kirk Cousins thing. And this is the exact thing I said to Corey and Matt yesterday. Would you, would you not, guys, we're, we're all bringing him up and saying this. If the quarterback turns into Kirk Cousins, that's a success, right? You got your franchise quarterback. That's what they're hoping for, right? That's what we're saying. Well... What did Kirk Cousins do for the Redskins? Nothing. Yeah, but they're not a but, playoff but team. It, it was, hold on, it's, it's hold a on. Diff- it's a different Let me finish team, real quick, though. Scott. It is a different team, but it's a different team with lesser talent. Those those number twos, more often than not, fifty percent hit rate on number twos, and just the pick in general, not quarterbacks. You're likely finding not just a starter for your team, a potential high-end starter and potential Pro Bowl level, all-pro you know, all type level player in the second round, especially where the number two, the first number two was, is at the top of the round. They're throwing those picks away and the talent around this team to just go get the franchise quarterback, which you put a franchise quarterback, you put Kirk Cousins back on the Redskins, on the Jets, on the Bills. They're not playoff teams, and that's my point. You still could have got your quarterback at number six and still had those picks in your pocket. I don't know if it would have lasted until six, you know, whether it's now or it's draft day. With Kirk Cousins, yeah, you make you make a good point, but he didn't have a lot around him in Washington. And, you know, this is a team sport. He's going to have you less know. than the Jets. No, I'm saying he, but he's on Minnesota. So, yeah. It's well, they couldn't perfect, get him anyway. Perfect land, well, landing just... spot for him. I know, but, but that's what I'm saying. Have, it might have been a lateral cousins. move if he went to the Jets, yes, but he certainly was the most talented and best quarterback out there, and eventually you have to build a team around him. It's already there in Minnesota, but you know, look, this is the NFL. It's not fantasy football. You can't be looking for sure things or safe things. You have to take the risk. You know, the Jets wanted to assure them of getting one of those top four guys because at number six, 
you could see a quarterback go at number one. You could see somebody trade into number two and number three, and then you could take the Broncos, maybe take one at five, and then you're screwed. I, I yeah, don't think I'm, there's four quarterbacks going on the first five picks. You, you never, me. you never know. Like that's that's the one thing. If they stay at so six, again, but again, so Chris, Cleveland takes one of the two. Day. You can't, you can do that, or you see the Bills all of a sudden trade up. Like, what if the Bills just traded up to three, and then you're in, you're in six, and you're like, okay, well, Cleveland now you takes can, one. But now you're in that driver's seat. You could do with Buffalo the takes probably, one. You could Broncos. Probably what if do the Broncos the are take one right now? No, what I'm saying is, then you do it on draft day. You you jump up on draft day and try to do what the, a lot of people are saying the Bills should do and jump them and take the number two spot. What I'm saying is. Again, I'm not disagreeing. They need to get a quarterback. But what I come back to is the very first thing I'm saying is they are saying, and the reason I brought up this, that number, Scott, is not to say don't make a trade, don't go get your quarterback. But they are saying, th- basically, they know 100% this guy is going to hit. If they spend all this capital and they, only, they get one of those two-thirds of quarterbacks and it doesn't hit, you've not only missed on your quarterback yet again, You've now set your team even further behind by losing all these number two picks. You have to hit. This puts this team in a position where you better damn well hit this year on your quarterback. Look, yeah. it's uh, you make a lot of sense, but you know what? With the state of quarterback in the NFL, it does not surprise me. You lose out in free agency. They have to take the chance. They have to take the chance. It may not hit, but you can't sit there and not do it because – you know, there's a possibility that it will. You know, it won't, won't hit. You can't act scared. You have to be that, aggressive. That's the thing. I mean, this team has, you know, they haven't been able to figure it out at all. I mean, it, let's go and take a chance and take a risk here. Yes, we could wait until the Bills move up to three or somebody else moves up to two. And if that happens, then maybe the by the time they pick at six, those three guys are gone. And, yeah, you're spending a lot. You have to. You have to spend a lot. Look at what these teams have done over the past few years to, to, to move up. The ranks, as I said, they kept their first next year. I think that's key. Yeah, they get rid of some picks, but to move up and to look around the landscape, Scott, you you, you briefly said it, but you got it in the AFC alone. You got an aging Brady, you got an aging Rivers, you got an aging Big Ben. What's going on, in Buffalo, Miami? What's going on in Cleveland and Cincy and Baltimore? Look around the league. And especially in the AFC, I mean, Denver needed a quarterback. These guys are just scrambling for just pieces right now because they feel like the window is open. Nobody's going to sign with the Jets. They're going to get a free agent quarterback. They had all the money in the world to get Kirk Cousins. And he said, nah, I don't think so. I'm not going there. You guys are not competitive enough. So they have to rebuild. Exactly. They have to rebuild. They have to, they have to get somebody to get Kirk. But look ahead in the future. When they draft a quarterback right now, they're not going to be competitive. It's going to take a little bit of time. That's fine. But, like... It gets somebody, you know what I mean? Like, Kirk Cousins would Again, not fix them right now. Exactly, and that's my biggest point. Kirk Cousins doesn't fix them, and that's what you're hoping this quarterback could turn out into. And no, maybe there's better a two-thirds than Kirk chance, Cousins. Well, there's a two-thirds chance this quarterback doesn't turn into anything, and now you don't have those second-rounders. That's my biggest point. Again, I don't disagree with you guys that the Jets need to go get a quarterback. Well, and I you, don't are looking, you are looking at the percentages, but you know you got to judge players as individuals, too. But it doesn't matter. But every single player themselves has a two-thirds chance of not hitting. Let's I mean, kind of let's guess who I mean, they want. That's that's well, the, the thing. Is, who do they it, want? It, to throw on top of that, it's not just the Jets. So, like for everybody out there, that's like saying like, "Oh, the Jets are just stupid to evaluate talent." No, they also when they were tweeting out those things about the two-third, or, yeah, missing two-thirds of the time, they showed every single organization, all thirty-two teams, on one graph, and they showed the amount of hits and misses in the first round. 
and the Patriots weren't any better than the, the Lions, weren't any better than the, you know, the Giants or the Seahawks or the Browns. Or, you know, there was a little bit of a, a, a sway at some points, but they were basically all grouped right dang in the middle, all together, and the hits and misses and the fact that, really? You know what it is? None of us really know when we evaluate a player. As you just said, each individual player. Nobody knows for certain. We're all doing our best to evaluate talent. Mm-hmm. You know, Tate, talent, and all the rest. Nobody knows for certain, and that's all I'm saying. Is like, again, you're you're telling me you know for a fact the guy you're getting is not going to miss with what you paid to no. jump up. I just don't think they need to pay that but much. You, can, you they, can't you can't play scared, especially in a scarce quarterback. You don't, Scott. But you didn't you need you didn't need to pay this price. The Dolphins moved up a few years ago at a bigger jump because they were in the teens and moved up to I think it was three or four and only gave, gave up, one up pick. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. you know that was that was then, and you know this yeah. is a different year where four of the top top five or top six could be quarterbacks. You know you had to pay because maybe that's what the Colts were demanding. And that's you know what? Then I call up the Giants, or I do what I says, guy. Again, I'm just saying you didn't need to. I'm just I'm looking at what you did, and you just handcuffed your team. You you put it all your eggs in this basket. If it hits, you're, you're you guys are right. If this hits, they get their franchise quarterback. Nobody's going to look back at this and say anything about it because we'll be like, you know what, the Jets did their move. But you basically put it all on this, and you'll put you forget. You also put all that pressure on the quarterback itself too. Whoever it's going to be, he's going to know that too. Is that if anything goes wrong, all we're going to be talking about for the next five years is how bad the Giants, the Jets screwed up their organization. You know what? You're correct though. Ultimately, it's the Jets, and they've been cursed ever since Super Bowl three. So they're probably not going to hit. This is going to be the next Mark Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. he got into the playoffs. <laughs> that yeah, that's what Jet fans brag about. We went to the AFC Championship game. You know, that's the state of being a fan. You know, for that team. they battled. They had some good games there with the Colts. Yeah, we we won a one playoff game against Tom Brady. Yeah, <laughs> that the two. What, what what I take away from this too is like the Giants. I feel like wow, they really want that pick, don't you think, Jake? Like they they're. They are certainly the wild card team in all of this, but I feel like they want that too, and they're not giving it up. When you see a return like this, you just talked about it. I mean, this is a, a solid return. I think that they're a team that, that wants to pick in that right. two spot, and maybe they get a feeling from the Giants, hey, you guys are going to take a, a back here? All right, maybe we are going to get one of our quarterbacks that we want. Now you got to think of them in a two spot, what the Eagles gave up to get. You're talking over DuckTales too much. I know, but... <laughs> <laughs> just have to Go enjoy for it. it. No, I just I'm gonna sit back and enjoy it. It's been way too long. We're coming back after the break. Enjoy DuckTales. Skix sneakers are taking over tailgates and alumni homes across America. Skix canvas high top, low top, slip on, and kids tennis style sneakers designed in officially licensed college colors and logos is a must have for every college fan's wardrobe. Fun, fashionable, and comfortable. Whether you're at the big game or watching the game at home, Skix helps fans perform better. Go to Skix.com and use promo code FNTSY for 15% off your pair now. That's Skix.com. Skix sneakers, the soul of a true Welcome back to the Roto Experts. Jake Sealy, Scott Angle, Chris Meany. Scott, speaking of the Marvel movies and stuff like this, does this now make you always think of Guardians of the Galaxy number two? Because it does for me. Um, 
it's sort of well, commercial. Yeah. That's not really, to be honest with you. Oh, really? Though, but uh, crazy associated. associated with it, though. Yeah, because it was that commercial all the time. That was the one, and, and it just kind of got associated. Like the first Guardians of the Galaxy. That's just the things I tie into. But by the way, you guys are looking to get into DFS. Go to FantasyFactor.com. It's the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. If you're looking to just jump in, they've got flatter prize pools, smaller fields, and the best part about it, single-entry contest only. Fantasy Factor always has fun to contests going on as well. This year, they're running a $100,000 home run derby. They just started running the tournament a couple weeks ago, so that's been running for them over there that you guys missed out on, so don't miss out on the home run derby. Sign up and enter. It's fantasyfactor.com. Go ahead and check them out. All right, sticking with football real quick, and then we're going to jump back to fantasy baseball because there's a lot of news coming in from both of them, but I want to get to the Jordy news because it's going to be like watching Black Panther a month later, Scott. It's going to be too, too late to talk about it in a minute here. <laughs> yeah. Jordy Nelson to the Raiders. Bye-bye, Michael Wait Crabtree. Wait hold up. Time out. It's too late to right. talk about Black Panther? Yeah, nobody – nobody's – you're not telling anybody anything about it anymore. Everybody already knows. Everybody already not saw everybody's it. everybody's seen it yet. Yeah, except for you. Yeah, well, I'm sorry People about a sheep camp- like you and I got to run for the first weekend, you know? People are camping out watching yeah. that movie. Yeah. yeah, that was insane. So, Jordy Nelson to the Raiders, as Some of us saying. have lives. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> Michael Crabtree released Jordy Nelson compared to Net Crabtree. Chris, I say net negative. This is a downgrade for the Raiders. I'm on the same page as you, buddy. This is a downgrade for sure. I would much rather have Michael Crabtree. Uh, Gruden, like he just, what's? I guess he really is looking way back in the day here with you know bringing back the the late '90s football and you know. I mean, we might Nelson as well bring it up while you're but... saying it, Chris. Is they're keeping Marshawn Lynch and they signed Doug Martin, so let's just. Pull sure. it all in together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is going to be, uh, for Raiders fans out there, you know, you guys had high expectations to, you know, potentially go to the Super Bowl and win it last year. But this is going to be, it's going to take some time here for you. Jordy, this is a downgrade. Jordy, what we saw from him last year without Aaron Rodgers, I mean, a career low, well, since 2010, but he had 53 grabs. It was under 10 yards per catch. He didn't even get 500 yards. All of his touchdowns came in the first bulk of the season with Aaron Rodgers. You have to wonder what this guy can do with Derek Carr taking a step back last year uh, and Oakland just going to have a new offense. You you brought up Doug Martin and Lynch as a duo backfield is not really all that appealing. So this is a downgrade. I would much rather have Crabtree from a fantasy standpoint. I would much rather have Crabtree as well. Scott. Yeah, it's, with Jordy Nelson, though, you have to look at the fact that he, you know, played so badly with Brett Hundley, but then the one game that Aaron Rodgers was back that, uh, you know, he didn't play well either. But, you know, there were, there were a lot of front office people looking at Jordy Nelson. The Seahawks were looking at, at him, too. And I think I think there's probably a train of thought out there that he's not quite done and he could have a rebound year with the right quarterback. So, you know, I like him as a wide receiver three candidate. I'd like him a whole lot more, Scott, if he went to Seattle and or the Saints that were rumored. Like those are those were better landing spots. We may have, we may have not seen the best of Carr yet. Hmm. Oh, I don't think um, I don't think we have. I mean, they, they, worse had, than last year it was pretty bad. Uh, yeah. Jordy Nelson I, would be great in Seattle, I thought, but I think the best of Carr we've already seen. Not that he can't get back to it. I'm just not a, a couple huge, years ago. Yeah, I'm just not a huge Carr supporter. You know that, Chris. We talked about. We that haven't seen the consistency year. yet. That that's fair, but I think we've yeah. seen like what his peak can be. I don't think he's ever going to be a forty-five hundred yard, thirty-five touchdown quarterback like people were hoping when he came out of the draft. And no, I don't think he's going to be a superstar, no. but I think he can still be a very good quarterback. 
Yep. All right. See so what, see if Gruden can use it to his magic with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The result of this is Crabtree, as I said, gets released. And I want to attack this from two angles, fantasy and then the person himself. So Crabtree gets released, and within an hour, all of a sudden, we start getting these reports. Baltimore Ravens have found an injury with Ryan Grant. His ankle's not 100%. Uh, most people started ch- searching the Internet and been like, when would Ryan Grant get hurt? And they're looking back <laughs> and, like, sprained his ankle in the last game of the season or week 16, and it's just whatever it is, everybody on earth who knows anything about football all sat back and said, BS, we're calling BS on this. We know it. We know you have buyer's remorse. You gave $20 million guaranteed to Ryan Grant in his quote-unquote breakout season of 500 yards and four touchdowns. And that's what you did. And now you see Michael Crabtree, and you're like, oh, shoot. Let me return this to Walmart without my receipt so they can just go and like, whatever. <laughs> and they're like, let's go get Crabtree. And they did. In Crabtree, fantasy purposes, great in PPR. Right? Joe Flacco's going to hit him for six-yard outs a thousand times a game. But one is... Are you excited about Crabtree, Scott? I think he's a great wide receiver, too, just as he has been with the Raiders, and I don't think he was 100% as we saw last year and everything that went wrong with that team. But on the second side, from the realistic side point, is the NFLPA has to step in here with this Ryan Grant thing. Do they not, Scott? I think they probably have to, but you know we don't know all uh, all the information there. I'd, it's a downgrade for Crabtree. You know, the, the, uh, I think it's Flacco an upgrade in PPR. I I don't think I don't well it might be because he's like the guy there yeah, but in the terms of scoring scoring touchdowns uh I don't know what's going to be there and he, he can't get deep with this guy you know Flacco likes to throw uh short passes beneath the in the hash marks and the fact that you have to look at the flip side the negative flip side of being the only guy there means you're getting more defensive attention. You're either getting double teamed or rolling safeties towards you. So I, th- I think Crabtree takes a hit. Worst yeah. quarterback situation, too much attention unless they get somebody else uh, to pair with him. That's the key to get somebody else. We know John Brown. If John Brown can stay healthy and you know he can stretch the field a little bit, that will certainly help out Crabtree. But uh Interesting, you, you know, you bring up Walmart, usually getting good deals at Walmart, Jake. I mean, that wasn't a good deal. That was an overpayment for Ryan Grant. For somebody who had played 64 straight games, he had never missed a game because of an injury. Is absolutely just screams shadiness to think, yeah. hey, Crabtree is available. This certainly is an upgrade. We want to spend our money to a guy like Michael with Michael Crabtree. Bring him in. We certainly need wide receivers. We're a team who you know can't move the ball at all. We have no offense. Flacco has not been able to figure it out for the past few years. Guys that they've brought in in Macklin and Wallace have not been able to stay healthy. It just hasn't worked out in a long time for them. There's still a team that relies on their defense and like to just kick field goals. It seems like they're just fine doing that. But this helps them. I, I like it. I, I I think this is a maybe slightly downgrade right off the top because I did like him in Oakland, but. If he is going to be the only guy, and if John Brown can just stay on the field, I think in a PPR standpoint, he he is a touchdown machine. He's going to be looked at inside the red zone. I mean, he's he's gotten eight straight, eight, three straight years of eight plus touchdowns. So I think he'll be a red zone guy and some PPR value. But this is this is an upgrade for them over Ryan Grant, one hundred percent. No, there's no question about it. All right, real quick, last news because we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. Clear downgrade, Eric Ebron to the Colts. Everybody. Yay. Oh, here's the realistic side of it. Jack Doyle's still there. They're not going to run that many two tight end sets. Eric Ebron, not even on the fancy radar, Scott. I'd say mid 
to low tight end too. Uh, not somebody I'm even going to draft at this point. He becomes like a number two tight end there. Maybe they use him in the red zone, two tight end sets, which will, a lot of teams will run a two tight end set in the red zone. To me, now he's fantasy irrelevant. Yeah, he's not on my radar. Colts, man, Colts have a, a lot of issues. I know they need some offensive yep. weapons. They lose Moncrief, who cares? But he had a connection with Luck. This is not what they needed. They just continue to make me question their organization. A hundred percent. As we jump, speaking of a team that needs to trade back and get more pieces, good grief, Colts. Uh, DailyRoto.com. Go dominate DraftKings and FanDuel Major League Baseball contest this summer with DailyRoto.com's MLB projections and their optimizer. If you go to DailyRoto.com front slash premium, you'll save 10% off with the promo code FNTSY or the King or All In Kid to use all the same tools and projections that millionaire maker winner Drew Dinkmeyer uses. And the tools are not just for football. This is the same site that Drew used last year for his top five $150,000 DraftKings Live final finish. So, said, like I said, head over to DailyRoto.com front slash premium, 10% off with the code FNTSY, and see the results for yourself. So, speaking of baseball, disappointing, but it's not going to be disappointing for too long, Scott, right? Ronald Kuna sent down to the minors. Seems like everybody expects him to be up by April 13th or April 14th. Still a top 100 player. Yes, it's service time thing with, you know, guys like that and Ozzy Albers. Uh, the, the, uh, the Braves are going to be fun to watch from real and fantasy perspectives. The big key is can Dansby Swanson turn it around. But, you know, Kuhn is still going uh, you know, his, to get his share of hype on draft day. Oh, for sure. Man, the Braves are they're going to be good in a couple of years. they got some nice young pieces. Alves Acuna led the team in, in spring with with uh, 19 hits. He was hitting home runs. He's fun to watch. So, yeah, anybody out there who who's drafting and, you know, you hear this news and he's going to fall down draft boards, don't worry about it. I, I think he's a good stash because he'll be up in, in a little bit. Yeah, it'll definitely be up quick. Like I said, still, the guy, what was his OPS, like 1.3 or something ridiculous like that in spring training? He's just mashing the ball. So Slugging over somebody. 700. Yeah. yeah, not somebody you have to worry about too much, For that's for sure. So, yeah, don't worry about the fact, as Scott said, it's just service time to get the extra. Baseball needs to get rid of that rule, don't they? Uh, I know, they do. It's it's just you want to see these young kids right off the get go. You do. You want to see them. I go back to the George Springer back a few years ago. Like I wanted to see this let's, guy. He was forty yeah, forty in minors. Good like, for let's anybody. go. Yeah, this, no. this is the same thing we dealt with Chris Bryant a couple of years ago. Is they held yeah. him down until the and his was a little bit later. His was around like I, I think it was April eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth for some. I remember his being like three weeks for some reason. But that's the thing too, Scott. It's like it just. That makes no sense. You got these super twos with the super two date, and it in and of itself is a floating date because it's always based off how many people get called up from the minors, and then it's just they, they got to fix this during the next bargaining agreement, don't they? I think they have to, but it, 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 until then, it is what it is, and it's like when a player's injured from a fantasy perspective for the first month, you get him at some something of a discount, possibly, but I think most people are not overreactionary to this in fantasy. All right. Well, speaking of overreactionary, since you brought that up, Scott, Hunter Renfro. Now, Hunter Renfro was potentially going to find tr- troubles having a starting gig, and they're still talking about that he might be platooning. There was even talk way back at the early spring that they might send him back down for a little bit more seasoning just to make sure he could play every single day. Well, he's at five home runs now, Scott. All of a sudden... The Padres are looking like a team who might have a clogged outfield and got to find a way to get Renfro into that lineup. 
Are you moving him up? Or are you taking a late round flyer on it? Because it's Margot and Perel and all the rest is the fact that Renfro's without this run, he was the odd man out. Yeah, he was. Uh, and Perel has got a lot of potential himself. You know, it might be a thing where we have another crowded outfield here. It's, you know, Will Myers is obviously not moving anywhere. So right, right now, Perella and Margot are penciled in as the starters. You know, maybe they carry Renfro as the fourth outfielder there. And they're, they, you know, every few days, you know, they're rotating Perella, Margot, and Renfro there until, you know, one of them shows that, you know, that maybe they need some more time in the minors. Well, here's the problem. Yeah. Is unfortunately, Renfro still has minor league options. And on yeah. top of it, they're all righties. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, Renfro's, Renfro's a guy who has some potential. I'm still not ready to give up on him. I've had him in a dynasty league a couple years ago, and he obviously has power. You're, you're seeing it. You saw the 26 bombs last year. Uh, plate discipline is, is huge with him. I think he could use some more time uh, in the minor leagues. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, he starts in the minors. But it's it's a good situation. You know, you're starting to see this back come alive. And, and maybe he can, you know, they can rotate some guys around for sure. But I wouldn't be shocked if he just actually just starts in the minors and just continues to, to season blossom a little bit. Because we're not surprised at the home runs. Yeah, he's having a good spring, but he needs to do a little bit more. Well, then let's turn it to kind of like an interesting strategy here. He's been. He's usually drafted because the question mark is still out there. Let's say the season starts. He gets set down to the minors. Do you guys both go into all of your leagues and start sending offers to try and get him on the cheap and stash him? Depending on my team, depending on on you know the landscape of my team, uh, you know, do I need some pop, some upside? Because he does have it. Like he will be if he doesn't start with the Padres, he'll be back up in a little. He'll. I mean, a month or so. You know, first six weeks if he's if he's feeling it, you know, in the minors. So yeah, I mean, you, it, depending on the size of your league, you can get a um, you know low offer. I, if you're drafting and your league is deep, I would I would take a flyer on him late, depending because he can hit thirty bombs for you. A lot of yeah, you know, this this is a, a an outfield chock full of young talent. The Padres are going to be an exciting team. It's about who's going to end up playing better. Yeah, we still have to um, wait to see this shake out. Yeah. All right, well, last one before we get out of here. Speaking of playing better, Ryan McMahon is doing everything he possibly could to lock in that first base. And it was, it was his. The first big gig was his. Ian Desmond, you're in the outfield. Ryan McMahon is first base. They signed Carlos Gonzalez. It's still, hey, Ian Desmond's in the outfield. All of a sudden, here over the weekend, Ryan McMahon likely to be sent down to start the year for the Rockies. Ian Desmond in the outfield, Carlos Gonzalez in the outfield. David Dahl, because all of a sudden he's mashing, is not being sent down anymore, and now it's McMahon instead. What are we doing here, Scott? Well, we're looking at a very stocked minor league system where maybe guys like McMahon and Dahl are just a year away, and you know guys like Desmond and, and Carlos Gonzalez are holding the fort. Yeah, I think that's what it is. This is a good problem to have. Like, McMahon is balling out. I thought this guy would make the team for sure. And it kind of made my shares of Ian Desmond, uh, you know, I was a little, I wasn't happy about it. And But this is a team that, you know, made the postseason last year. They got some experienced guys. They bring back cargo, and you wonder about that move. But to your point, Scott, hey, they got a couple of experienced guys, and let's see this play out. We Would any of us be shocked if Gonzalez was hurt in a month and then both kids are playing every day? No, we wouldn't be. Or hitting 200 and they're playing every single day? Yeah, you'd definitely be with that. I, I, I think something's going to clear up at some point. I'm just disappointed because I had a Has lot to. of shares of Ryan. I had a lot of Ryan McMahon shares in like the 22nd, 23rd round, and I just now got to hold on to him. 
watch yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, come, I'm, come I'm August, that I'll be loving it. Yeah. I'm glad I got outbid two to two to one for him on Saturday. I know that's, that's always like, woo! I'm glad yeah. I missed that. Make sure you come back tomorrow. A lot of fantasy baseball. We're going to talk about mid to late round pitchers that you should be looking at. Some interesting spring training storylines. The Tout Wars, which we didn't even talk about, that Scott and I were in. So we'll be back tomorrow. Jake Steely, Scott Angle, Chris Feeney, the Roto Experts. Have a good day.